0: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select Campus miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears.
1: Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love.
2: This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Jimmy Avefa, on VSN, the sports betting network.
3: Welcome back. It is our number two of the Lombardi line presented by DraftKings here on the DraftKings Network. Femi Abebefe out in downtown Las Vegas. Michael Lombardi on the road in the Empire State this weekend here as he we are on the road still doing the show. No, no hiccups. No nothing. We're, we're, we're off and running here on this NFL Saturday. Fun first hour that we had Rich again and we appreciate him for joining us in the first hour. Gave us his thoughts on this weekend's games. Also the MVP race. If you missed that, make sure you check out the Lombardi line in podcast form uh, but we do have a fun second hour on deck as well. Matt Eumanns, VEASAN, host of VEASAN tonight and the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast, who will join us in 30 minutes thinking about his NFL and college football plays. But Michael, let's get to the Lombardi yeah. look ahead here in the game that you want no parts of, your Hall Notes play, and it's come from the NFC South.
4: You know, last week, I, I thought Carolina was a good play against the Saints. The line was moving in their direction. It opened at six and ended up closing at four and a half. And, you know, and if you watch that game, You, you feel good about yourself. You think there's Mm -hmm. ample opportunity to cover that five and a half or whatever number you got. And the stat sheet proved it up. The Panthers don't punt until after the first quarter, they don't punt again ever in the game. Now they're one for seven on fourth down, which was a disaster. But so you can't trust them. Bryce Young to me is, has every week he gets less and less effective because of the pressure and all that. Now let's talk about the Atlanta Falcons. They go up to the Meadowlands in a rainy game. They don't run the ball. They don't throw the ball against the Jets. They force set three turnovers. They win the game with no stats. And the next week, they're playing home against a uh, against the Tampa Bay Bucs team that can't move the ball at all. I mean, Baker Mayfield's a disaster in the game. They made a couple plays, got an interception, the spotted the ball on the five-yard line, scored a point here, made a few plays, and Atlanta's dominating the game. And then they give the ball back with the lead. They have the lead. They finally get the lead. They give the ball back to Tampa Bay. And Mayfield makes about four plays on the drive and wins the game. And so you're sitting there saying, wait a minute. You dominate this game, you lose. You don't dominate the jet game, you win. Carolina can't do anything. Okay. So now let's go week one of the season. Week one of the season, Carolina dominates the game. Carolina runs for 154 yards. Falcons run for 130. Carolina throws for 146. Not great. Not great at all. But let's be clear here the Falcons throw for 115. And it ends up netting out at 90 yards passing because they got sacked four times in a game. They had 221 total yards in the game. Now, what happened in that game is the same thing that happened in in New Orleans is they turned the ball over. They had a block punt in New Orleans. Carolina had three turnovers and they won the game, and Atlanta won the game and covered. And so for me, like I, you want to take Atlanta, they're the better team, and Carolina stinks. But you also know that Carolina's got confidence that they can play good against Atlanta because they did it opening day. Mm-hmm. So Carolina's the right play here, but do you trust them? Carolina had the ball, Femi, in that game, in opening day. They had the ball almost 35 minutes and lost and didn't cover. Yeah. you know. And so I, I don't trust either team. Really, I don't. So that's why it's just best to call up Darryl, call up John, and make it a Hall and Oates play and not go near
3: it. <laughs> All right. So Falcons-Panthers is this week's Hall and Oates play of the week.
2: But I can't go for that. No.
4: Can, no, can, do. can you, Femi? Do you, you have a plan on this one?
3: If, if I ever, I, don't, I have not bet the game, but if I did have to bet it, I think I'd plug my nose and bet Carolina. I think that's what I, think I would. That's, do that. what do, I
4: right? think that's what you have
3: to do, right? That's <laughs> what you have to do. I don't think that's a good
4: play, but you know, because I don't trust. I really don't trust Atlanta. Like mm-hmm. I, I think there's moments where you think of Atlanta. Like Desmond Ritter shows moments where he's pretty a uh, good player, but he has two or three really bad plays in the game, and they never seem to go away. Now the fourth quarter, they scored 14 points against Tampa, you know, and and they they were able to run the football. They did whatever they wanted to against Tampa. That's why I'm surprised so many people are on Tampa up in Green Bay. I thought Tampa was horrible in yeah. Atlanta. And they found a way to win and cover that game.
3: Well, I can report where I'm sitting here at Circa, Michael. This line is now down to two and a half. So wow. some some people have plugged their nose and played the Panthers. I just, yeah. it's I, I'm still debating it's with myself. Right do I play? Play. It is. Yeah. But, but do you yeah, want to sit there the, and do it? Yeah. This is to me what I've
4: learned in five years doing this, right? The football person in me says Atlanta should win. But the betting person in me who doesn't bet, but the betting person in me who handicaps games, situationally, it's not a good play for Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what should happen. It's not a good play here.
3: How many times have the Falcons ended up on the Hall play? play? <laughs> have, like, have we been keeping well, track of that? You know, they, they've been on here a while. <laughs> no, you can't you trust
4: them. You really can't.
3: <laughs> the Hall of Notes team of the season, the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> that's that's how it is. But uh, I I'm, I'm I'm right there with you. Like, I I'd never lay points with Ritter on the road. But it's like, do you just do you want to hold plus three with the Panthers? And then an hour into the game, you're wondering, wow, this team has one first down. Like that's also another story in itself. All right, let's get to the line of the week. A game that I think is really really fascinating. We talked about it in the break. Monday Night Football: Eagles at the Seahawks. Right now, Philadelphia a three point favorite on the road. Total forty seven and a half.
4: Yeah, I mean, look, this is an interesting line here because what's happening here is that, you know, this line opens four and a half, five in Philly. And it's really kind of an easy thing to think of. Okay, Philly needs to win the game badly. Philly needs to come back. You know, they're going out to Seattle. Everybody thinks it's a hard place to play, not a hard place to play. And, you know, Philly will get their game going and Philly will be much better. And then all of a sudden this line starts moving. And it's to Geno Smith. We know he's going to play. But, you know, they've lost four in a row. And every game that they've lost, they've gotten further away from their opponent. I mean, last week with Drew Locke, they actually played half decent. They couldn't cover the number, but they were actually playing better. And so, like, now you got Philly coming to town, and and Philly needs the game badly. And everybody, you would think everybody, John Q Public, would be all over Philly. And they are. But all the sharp money seems to be coming in on 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 seattle and so for me it's like what are we going to do here like this is a really tough game because when you look at the betting splits during the week you're like okay nobody's betting seattle yet the lines moving to them it's a reverse line movement and you're getting caught here like what is what's the model for the game like when i handicap the game you know i don't see it you know i i had philly as a five-point favorite but again, I've learned enough about this business to know that sometimes what appears to be obvious isn't obvious, right? And so I do know this handicapping the game from a football standpoint, Seattle will Seattle's offense will get open on this Philly defense. Philly can't cover anybody. Okay. I don't care who's back, read blanket ship, it doesn't matter. Philly, they'll Philly will struggle to cover these receivers. They really will. And and and, and Seattle has a little bit of an edge when they play at home. They do. And it will help their defense go against a Philly offense, which has not been able to play from in front and control the line of scrimmage. So I could see it, right? I could see it. But to me with Philly, you just say, okay, they got too much going for them. How do they do this? But look, this is a team that lost to the jets on the road. So I I don't know how to answer that. Is Philly going to win the NFC East? I think they should. I mean, Dallas's schedule was tough. Look, I think what Rich said about Dallas is true. Look, Dallas is really good. And when Dallas plays on the road, on turf, they're really good. Like, I think this is a big misconception about this Dallas team. Well, they haven't played anybody. You know, they're not any good, yada, yada, yada. I mean, Dallas on turf, on the road, their splits are outstanding. They're fast, they're athletic. And Dallas, to me, matches up with Buffalo really well. Because Buffalo is not a power team. Buffalo's not going to line up and sit there and say, okay, we're coming after you. Buffalo's offensive line struggles. Hard to get the quarterback on the ground. But you can beat their tackles. And this is not the Philly off. People say, well, Philly moved the ball on them. You know, no. Buffalo will struggle to block this front. Trust me on that. Buffalo will struggle to block this front. Now they'll struggle also to get Josh Allen on the ground. Yeah. But to me, I think Dallas, when you watch Dallas, I think Dallas is playing as well as anybody offensively, and their offense is carrying their defense. It's the exact same scenario that we went through last year with Philadelphia. Philadelphia's offense carried their defense. How many times last year did I say, look, you could throw the ball in Philly. Their secondary is not very good. Mm-hmm. True. Problem mm-hmm. is behind in the game. Their defensive line took over. They had 70 sacks, 60 came from the front. So you're playing from behind. This team, Dallas, is so good. I mean, on the road, their numbers are outstanding. When you just do, when you take away bias out of it, their numbers are as close to, not as good, but close to San Francisco's.
3: It's very interesting. But like when you look at the schedule, it's like Philly, like you said, should win this division. But if the Eagles were to slip up in Seattle, maybe it gets interesting if Dallas ever beat Buffalo tomorrow. We'll get into kind of the picks on think that game. And more about predictions.
4: this, though, Femi, for a second. Dallas has outscored their opponents. When you just look at scoring, mm-hmm. Dallas has outscored their opponents by almost 15 points per game this year. The best in the national football league, which is exactly what Philly did last year. And now they're a dog to the Buffalo bills who three weeks ago, we were burying three weeks ago. We were burying and look, has Buffalo improved offensively? I don't know. I mean, like they got no pass rush on Mahomes. You know, are they going to get pass rush on Dak? The weather's going to be a little rainy and drizzle, there'll be some gust of winds there, but I don't think it's going to be significant enough to cause an issue. And they're on turf, this team's on turf. And look, let's let's add one more layer to this. Dallas doesn't even have a running game. I mean, Pollard's not nearly the player he yeah. was last year.
3: Yeah, no. They've been sprinkling in more Rico Dowdle to kind of do like a one-two punch here from the run game, but it's always been inconsistent. A lot of the the shoulder of the offensive load has been put on Dak Prescott and those pass catchers, and they've been able to make it work at least up until this point. We'll see if they can do it now that we've entered the month of December, outside and and all the stuff with the weather. Let's see if they hold up in this game against the Buffalo Bills. But I can't wait to watch that one. The, the Eagles. It's just fascinating though seeing them get bet against aggressively by respected betters because like this was the team last year, even two years ago, the year that they ended up losing to the Bucs in the playoffs, like every week the Eagles got bet. Like the the sharp bettors, the respected bettors love the Eagles. And now it's kind of flipped based on what we've seen, despite the record being as good as it is sitting at 10 and three, maybe the underlying stuff is starting to kind of bubble to the surface here to where the Eagles aren't quite the team that we thought they were about six, seven weeks ago. And maybe they're a a step below the Dallas Cowboys and maybe a couple steps below even that from the San Francisco 49ers. All right, we will get into betters choice or pick your poison. I can't wait to ask these, these questions. Questions, Michael, when we come back here on the Lombardi Line. This is the DraftKings Network.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select campus events.
2: This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbevafei, on VSN, the sports betting network
3: college bowl season is here, and VEASAN has an early Christmas present for you. Not a VEASAN Pro subscriber yet? Well, no problem. We're giving away this year's college bowl betting guide to everyone. We have spreads, totals, expert picks from the Golics, Steve Mackinnon, and Brent Musburger for every single bowl game. Put a bow on this bowl season and get your free copy of our VEASAN College Football Bowl Betting Guide absolutely free. Visit VEASAN.com slash bowl guide and get your free copy today. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line rolling along here on a Saturday. Speaking of bowl season, Michael, we already have the uh, of the bowl game on right now, the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Where, uh, Stormy. Yeah, our girls there. Yeah, Stormy Bonantoni. Our girl Stormy is uh, patrolling the sidelines in Myrtle Beach as uh, it's Georgia Southern taking on Ohio, I believe it is, here in this bowl game. Yep, Georgia Southern and Ohio right now. We got third and goal. So bowl season well underway now as we get into this, uh, this time of the year, the most wonderful time of the year where football's on TV 24-7. We absolutely love it. All right. Well, before we get into betters choice and pick your poison, wanted to get your thoughts here on the Houston Texans quarterback situation. CJ Stroud, the rookie quarterback uh, unable to clear concussion protocol during the week hasn't officially been ruled out yet, but I'm sure that news will come at some point tomorrow. And we all thought that this might be Davis Mills that starts with Houston Texans, but Aaron Wilson who covers the Texans down there in Houston says that they are expected to start veteran QB case Keenum instead of seed C- uh, instead of Davis Mills here in this spot. So uh, right. Right now, the line's sitting at three. There's still some three and a halves out there as well. But what are you making the decision to go with Keenan when a very, very important game for Houston trying to stay in this AFC wild card race?
4: Well, I think this, I think that when you watch the preseason, Keenum was the best of the three quarterbacks. Understanding C.J. Stroud was a rookie, right? So, I thought he was the best of the three quarterbacks. So, it doesn't surprise me at all that he's going to get the start because it gives them a chance. Now, the the other factor is there's a bunch of injuries, right? Nico Collins isn't going to play. Uh, Will Anderson's not going to play. They're kind of beat up. This is a team that's kind of gone through the gauntlet with their quarterback, with their offensive line, with their running back. I mean, they've had a lot of injuries down there going to be a tough game because Tennessee even though Tennessee isn't a great secondary can cover you know Tennessee has a hard time running the uh, you have a hard time running the ball on them and they can put some pressure on the quarterback we saw that with Tua last week so this will be a hard game at home the line kind of uh, the way Tennessee played last week it gave people some hope and look they should have beaten Indianapolis two weeks ago at home
3: yeah, no, they really should have. And this, this Tennessee team, they, they're they're rough, they're rugged. I mean, I think it's going it to be a fun game to see uh, Will Levis. It's like, can he win by margin? We'll get into that coming up tomorrow when we give out our picks. But I think it's a really interesting game and a big game for the Houston Texans because that spins us into betters choice. And here is our first question here, Michael. You can bet on either or which one you want. Colts to miss the playoffs at minus 150 or the Texans to miss the playoffs at minus 130. Which way would you go?
4: I would probably go the Texans minus 130 only because I, I think of the quarterback situation and their health. Now, they'll get Dalton Schultz back. I think that helps them. I don't trust the Colts. I love their offense. I think Shane Steichen's done a great job. And I don't co- trust the Colts defense, but I would lean towards Houston here because of all their injuries.
3: Yeah. I. I, I the Colts also get the game at home week 18 hosting the Houston Texans. That might be for the last wildcard spot. So I probably lean to the Texans missing the playoffs as well. I'd agree with you here. The next one that we have also in the playoff race Packers to make the playoffs, even money plus 100 versus the Broncos to make the playoffs at plus one Oh five.
4: I think I would go Packers here, even money. I mean, this is obviously a big game for green Bay, but green Bay's, you know, green Bay's got a chance, you know, if they could, You know, look, defensively, that was atrocious last week of the game plan. Mm -hmm. But Green Bay has, you know, they got Carolina. If they get Tampa, they got Carolina. And then they've got to beat Minnesota or Chicago. And now all of a sudden they've got nine. And I think nine could get you in. Everybody says nine won't get you in. Usually nine does get you in. So of the four games, two on the road. But they get Tampa and Chicago at home, which they need to win. And they got to beat Carolina down in Carolina, which they can do. They'll be the favorite going into that game.
3: Yeah, I think nine gets you in in the NFC. I'm not sure it'll get you there in the AFC based on the teams that we have in the schedules that they have in front of them. But uh, I think yeah, I think the Packers just let the market be your compass here. They're favorite at home. Broncos are dogs on the road. I think you bet the Packers at even money versus the Broncos plus one oh five. The third one here, Kyle Shanahan to win coach of the year at plus seven fifty or Sean Payton to win coach of the year at ten to one.
4: Sean Payton, I'm going to go him. I mean, Tom Payton's done more. I mean, Kyle's done a great job. Don't get me wrong, Kyle's done a tremendous job. But Kyle, you know, it, it never, you, when you're a great team, you never get enough credit, yeah. and so that's the problem. You know, it's like you just—it's like when you're a great player, you're not, you know. Whereas I think Sean's done a tremendous job, especially considering he starts 0-3 and and how he's been able to turn the team around and restore the confidence in him. I mean, look, this is what you get when you, you know, the Chargers don't make that move to, to hire him last year. They go with Staley. You know, David Tepper goes with Frank Wright. I mean, you get a proven head coach in the National Football League who's changed sceneries, who's still energized, who's still excited. You're gonna get a good team you're gonna get a, something that you can keep your hat on because let's face it they're hard to find great true head coaches and what Sean's done with his team is direct the team to win situationally you know Wilson's playing better yet people think he's he's not the same player he once was but they've hit it and Wilson's bought into the program why why did Wilson buy into the program because Sean's got credibility yep Sean's got credibility what would Wilson have bought into the program with Nathaniel Hackett or with Ben? Jo- no, because they don't have credibility. They can win the media fight. You can't win the battles when you have a coach who's a proven track
3: record. Yeah. He's got skins on the wall. And and he told, told Russell Wilson to kind of get in line and, and here's how it's going to go. And it's, it's gone pretty well for the Denver Broncos. I agree with you. It's got to be Peyton Shannon. It's, it's, it's disappointing that he doesn't have a coach of the year on his resume, but now he's become like a victim of his own success there. And that's in this political arena well, where it's voting on. That's what happens.
4: Well, what happens is Kyle is when he don't have his quarterback, he his, he, te- he picks in the top 10. When he has his quarterback, he's great, you know? Yeah. And so that's really what happens. Yeah. You know, it's like he's never had that year like Mike Tomlin where nothing goes right, but yet I still win. And then even when you do that, nobody gives you credit. Those are some of the best coaching. Like I think one of Belichick's best coaching jobs is the year he had Cam Newton. I think he was seven and nine that year. Yep. It was one of his best coaching jobs. But, you know, you don't get any credit for that because people don't see it. Mike Tomlin last year, I I had him as coach of the year. Why not?
3: Yeah, he went nine and eight last year and they played really well at the end of the second half of the season there. Uh, This next one, NFC team wins the Super Bowl minus one thirty or the AFC wins the Super Bowl at plus one oh five.
4: I think I might go AFC just because of the better number. I mean, who knows? I don't have an answer for you. Who's going to be, you know, who's the best team? Because if San Francisco doesn't have all their guys, if they don't have McCaffrey and Debo, you you, you know, they're, you, they're beatable, right? They're, they're mm-hmm. beatable. Any every team's beatable in the NFL. We're in a league where you're beatable. So I, I, I lean towards take the best number here. Take the best odds.
3: Well, let me put a remix on this one here. Healthy Niners team, everybody healthy in the Super Bowl or the field Niners versus the field. Who would you go with?
4: I go to the field because, look, when it looks that obvious, it never is. Right. I mean, when it looks that obvious, it never is yeah
3: uh, all, a lot of the odds makers you speak with this say the Niners are three points better than every team in the league on a neutral at least so it, I think it's gonna be an interesting matchup if the Niners do get to the Super Bowl and it's maybe it's Mahomes catching three and a half or something like that like I think that's a realistic possibility based on the way San Francisco's been playing all right pick your poison this one Bill Belichick stays in New England or Bill Belichick retires from coaching
4: I don't think he's going to retire from coaching and I don't think he's going to stay, you know, I don't know if he's going to, I'll say stay in new England.
3: Yeah, because this is, this is our, our guy, Elliot, puts these ones together. These are my yeah, favorite they,
4: He makes it so that there's no answer. There's no right or wrong answer. He's like, he's try, Elliot must have went to law school at Missouri because he asked a question that, you know, it's hard to get the – there's no answer. I have a different answer. I love like it. They taught him, you know, Socratic thinking there. there. I think – I'll say stays in New England
3: if these are my only two options. All right, well, this next one then giants outright against the saints plus two Oh five or the commanders outright against the Rams plus two hundred fifty.
4: I say the commanders look, the Rams defense mm. is not good. And I think Sam, Howe, even Sean McVay said it this week, how good Sean, Howe can throw the ball and you know, the commanders coming off. I don't think they'll have effort, you know, all those things. But if you're asking me to pick my poison here, I'll go with the commanders. Uh, I think the Tommy DeVito thing will come to an end, but I will say this, Femi, I will say this. If you compare Tommy DeVito's four games, okay, mm-hmm. and you compare Kyler Murray's four games, they're dead close even, and 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 DeVito has a better has eight touchdown passes to three for them. Now, one guy's the franchise player making fifty million in another year; the other guy's making chicken cutlets at home. <laughs>
3: Making him at the game, too. See the
4: tailgate? Hell, hell of a spread out there. Tommy so DeVito. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> everyone that tells me Kyle is a franchise, he's a franchise. He's our franchise. Do you realize his numbers are exactly the same as Tommy DeVito since he's been back? You realize this? And you say, well, he runs for No, DeVito has more rushing yards than he has. Like, And I'm not a DeVito fan. I'm just trying to, like, at some point, if you're Arizona, when do you realize you do not have a franchise quarterback? When
3: do you realize this? Maybe they'll realize it at the end of the year. Last one: Josh Allen to win MVP eighteen to one. Two to win MVP twenty to one.
4: Why would you ask me that question? Why would you know better than that? Did I don't you, have to answer that. You know that one, Elliot. You knew there was no chance. You could have put. You could have put uh, Frank Ragnon to win MVP over two, and I'm going to go Ragnon here.
3: We'll see a center win the award for the first time in league history. Matt Humans joins us in studio next.
2: This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbafei, on v the Sports Betting Network. In the
3: NBA, the game can change in an instant, but no matter how the action unfolds, you know DraftKings Sportsbook has your back. This week, new customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting five bucks on basketball. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code v The crown is yours. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line hanging out with you guys here on the DraftKings Network. Michael Lombardi out on the road in New York, Family at Bebefe hanging out here in downtown Las Vegas. And we are talking about it, Michael, in the last segment, the Pick Your Poison, which our producer Elliot puts together great questions each and every week here. And the Josh Allen versus Tua for MVP one was interesting. And why we ended up landing on that question was that our old friend, Danny O, said on Get Up earlier this week that, quote, I think Buffalo wins this game, and I think when they win, Josh Allen jumps to the top of the MVP list. Josh Allen is still probably second or third in a lot of people's eyes, but if he wins this game, he's going to take over the lead for MVP. Do you agree with that? Where Josh Allen, if they if they go four and zero down the stretch, eleven and six, win the AFC East, is there a possibility that Josh Allen could win MVP?
4: Oh, I, I definitely agree with Danny O on this. I, uh, one of the few times I would say yes <laughs> to him, because if they win the East, it's because of him. He's mm-hmm. carrying them. Now, look, we know he turns the ball over once a game, but he has these horrendous plays at times, but he makes up for them with these incredibly good plays, right? So, yeah. look, Buffalo is a very average team with a great player. Look, for all the talk that they played well against Kansas City, when you watch the tape, it really wasn't there. I think what Mm -hmm. Rich Gannon said about Travis Kelsey is very true. Yeah. You've been saying that a lot. Yeah. I mean, you know, no burst, no acceleration. I I, I think he's still hurt. I'm not trying to say he's too old at 34. He's not the same player. He's Mm -hmm. just not. Now he could turn it around because of health, but it's not there. And so, and Kansas City, you know, is not the same offensively. So without Pacheco, they're really a liability. And and that game could have easily been, you know, they could have lost that game. I mean, Buffalo to me is all about Allen. He's got to play great. And when you watch them play, they're so inconsistent. One, you know, they'll they'll get the lead like they did, you know, on Kansas City, and then they're going to give it back. Like how, are, you know, this game's going to be a hard game for them because they're, they're, they're not going to, they're going to have to play their coverages. Mm-hmm. They're not going to get in a man-to-man game against Dallas.
3: Yeah, no I think it's a really, really interesting game. And to, to help us break down this game even more, Michael. We're going to welcome our buddy in, in studio, Matt Humans, host of v Tonight, which you can mm-hmm. check out Monday through Friday, 9 to midnight Eastern, also host of the v College Football Betting Podcast. You got some bowl plays. We'll get into those in the last segment here, but let's talk some NFL here, Matt. We were just talking about this Cowboys Bills game tomorrow afternoon, big one in Western New York. Looks like the weather should be okay. Uh, how do you see this one kind of breaking down here between the Cowboys you and the know, Bills? I, I heard Michael's
5: analysis, and I agree with all that. I think, to me, it's uh, kind of a fundamental handicap where you get down to uh, the Cowboys just got the monkey off their back, right? They beat an elite team for the first time. They knocked off the Eagles. I don't think you're going to see the Cowboys play with the same edge this week that they played with a week ago. And Dak's hearing all the MVP hype, the MVP Mm chance, And Dak's been playing great, you know, if you look at the numbers over the last uh, seven games especially. But I think this uh, Dallas defense can be had and uh, I think Josh Allen's going to have a hell of a game uh, this week, I'm expecting. I heard Michael say, as the Bills, as Josh Allen goes, the Bills go. And I agree with that. And I think he's going to go in this game against uh, the Cowboys. You got a desperate home team talking about the Bills just trying to get into the playoff picture in the AFC. Yeah.
4: And, I, I, could, you know? I think if Dallas doesn't go deep into the playoffs, Dak's going to take all the blame. But the yeah. blame is going to be at the feet of their defense. Yep. I think. I don't think they're good enough on defense. And I think the only reason I think they have a chance here in Buffalo, and I agree with you because I think there's the football side of me that handicaps games. And I don't really do the handicapper side in terms of the emotional, because I'm looking at it on paper, but I I think they match up against Buffalo's offense because Buffalo's not going to push them around, right? Mm -hmm. Philly pushes them around and Buffalo's got, you got to take away Stefan Diggs. And if you do that, you got a chance, right? So they can do that. I mean, they, they can do that. Gilmore can do that. So I think there's that matchup. But they, can Buffalo block this front? See, can Spencer Brown block Micah Parsons? Can, can he block Lawrence? Can Dawkins block these guys? See, I think Buffalo's offensive line gets exposed at times against good fronts.
5: Yeah, and it's interesting because the Bills move the ball up and down the field on the Eagles. And the Eagles are supposed to have a good front too, right? And uh, yeah. B- Buffalo had no problem moving the ball in Philadelphia in that game and should have won that game. Uh, you know, I, I do see a few negatives with the Bills here. I don't like the fact that Micah Hyde is out, AJ Epines is out, and I'm really tired of Stefan Diggs and his diva act. You know, he's talking <laughs> yeah. this week about he's not getting the ball enough. His, you know, it's not his fault his production's not up, but kind of set those things aside. I think you've got a, a desperate home team in the Bills that are playing pretty well right now. And uh, we got a quarterback who can carry him against the Cowboys team that I think uh, just got the big win. It was hunting all season a week ago. And the Cowboys are 7 0 at home, winning by an average margin of 24.4 points. On the road, 3 and 3, and have not beat a team with a winning record. So you got to factor that in, too.
3: Yep. Well, let's, let's talk about a desperate team on the road today. That's the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Indianapolis Colts. Steelers have lost back-to-back home games to teams that had two wins entering those contests. Now they're catching one against the Colts here. Uh, our producer, Elliot, big Colts fan, a little nervous about this game. <laughs> this game might be an elimination game when you look at the AFC Wild Card race.
5: Yeah, I I think it's a big positive for the Steelers' defense to have Alex Highsmith and T.J. Watt both cleared here. And uh, this is just the type of game Mike Tomlin wins, right? He's got his back to the wall. He's been ripped by everybody. Steelers just lost home games to the Cardinals and the Patriots. And uh, now you go on the road as a small dog against a team. Tomlin is eight and one against in his career, and I think the Colts are a little bit phony anyway. Both these teams are seven and six, Michael. I don't know how they got there when you look at the numbers and you look at the teams on paper. Uh, but I also, the Colts ran for forty six yards last week in that uh, loss to the Bengals, that 20-point loss. So they're probably not going to be that effective running the ball against the Pittsburgh defense today. And then uh, you're going to put it on the shoulders of Gardner Minshew. I'll take my chances with uh, Tomlin in this type of role because this is when he usually comes through.
4: He usually does. And I think the reason you got such a good number is because the uncertainty of Highsmith and, and Watt early in the week, nobody was sure they were going to clear the protocol. And when they did, now all of a sudden Pittsburgh moved. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is a classic Tomlin game. This is when his team plays. But again, you're you're holding your breath because you got Mitchell Trubisky out there and, and anything could happen. <laughs> That's I mean true. That's, uh... anything could happen. So I had this as my Hall and Oates play, Matt. Uh, Atlanta and Carolina. I watched that Carolina game last week. I was on Carolina. I thought they were the right play. It was obviously the wrong decision, but th- they should have covered. It was a weird, weird game. This week, they th- this year, they dominated in the opener, and they still lost. Yeah. But you're back on them again, and I think it's the right side. I really do.
5: Yeah, this is my uh, fifth or sixth play this week. This is one I'm going I'm to I'm use in the contest, but this is – Femi, an ugly dog, ugly, ugly dog, (laughs) 1 and 12. Who wants the Panthers? Nobody wants them. But you're not seeing a three and a half pop up on this number. That's because the Falcons don't deserve that type of respect. And Michael, you do the game book each week. If you look at the Panthers Saints game book last week, the Panthers outplayed the Saints for most of that game. That score is a little bit deceiving. So I think if the Panthers are going to win one more game,
3: it's going to be in this spot against the Falcons. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah, we talked about it earlier in the show. Like, hey, this is like the plug your nose special. It's yeah. like Carolina or pass. If you can stomach it, it's the Panthers. If not, just don't bet the game because don't lay three with Ritter on the road. Uh, how about tonight, though? Broncos at the Lions. D- Detroit coming off back-to-back losses. Denver coming off a big win against the Chargers last week. We're up to five now in the market, total 48 and a half.
5: Yeah, I, I don't like to play favorites over three in the NFL, but I'm, I'm playing the Lions here. This is a different situation. The Broncos are playing their third consecutive road game. And if you look, the Broncos won six of the last seven. The Denver defense has been an impetus for that over the last uh, seven games. 20 sacks and 18 takeaways. And, uh, you know, it's been more about the defense than it has been Russell Wilson in the offense. But I think this is the this is get-right type of game for the Lions. And they're catching the Broncos at the right time, Michael, because they're playing three straight on the road.
4: Yeah, I, I agree. I think that a lot of money, you know, this is a funny game. The pros hit this number hard for the Lions and, and all of them. Then Denver money came in. It went back and forth. I think this is game is going to be national TV. Russell Wilson's got to play well. The most throws he had is 38 this year against Miami when they got beat. Then against Minnesota, Minnesota forced him to throw the ball. If if Denver's going to win this game, he's got to play well. And if you go back and watch him against Houston, when he had to throw the ball against Houston, he couldn't really do it. As well. Did it in the fourth quarter, couldn't get him in the end zone. So I think this is one of those where you're hoping Detroit solve this offensive line issue that's been going on for three weeks where they've struggled to protect. And you also hope that they can actually rush the passer again because they haven't been able to do that all, uh, in the last three or four weeks, Matt.
5: Uh, you're right. You know, we talked about that a little bit last week, too, is why so many of us run the Bears against the Lions. The Detroit defense has been declining. Offensive line's not playing well. Jared Goff's got five interceptions in the last four games. Yeah, But I think this is the, uh,
3: a good spot for Detroit, though to get right I mean Rich Gannon brought it up as well when we talked with him in the first hour said that the Lions lack that pass rush maybe the home crowd can help them get it in prime time coming up later on tonight against the Denver Broncos we will get into your play between the Chiefs and the Patriots also Monday Night Football you have an opinion on that one Eagles at the Seahawks as well as the LA Bowl the New Mexico Bowl college hoops we'll do it all on the other side to wrap up the Lombardi line next year on the DraftKings Network
2: This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Ababathe on vSEN, the sports betting network.
3: The holidays are here. Let Omaha Steaks take the guesswork out of gifting. All you got to do is go to omahasteaks.com, save 50% off site wide. Plus, when you use promo code VEASAN at checkout, you get an additional $30 off your order. I mean, we're talking about filet mignons, mouthwatering burgers, jumbo franks, anything that your red meat loving friend would desire. 50% off at site wide. Save $30 off additionally when you use promo code VEASAN. Minimum order may be required. It's the final segment of the Lombardi line here on the DraftKings Network. Family Bevin Fay, Michael Lombardi, Matt Human's joining us here in studio, host of Vsin. tonight. We encourage everyone to check that out nine to midnight, Eastern, Monday through Friday, and also the Vsin College Football Betting Podcast. Let's go rapid fire because we got a lot to get to. Your last two NFL plays, you got to play in this Patriots Chiefs game Sunday afternoon. Casey lane eight total
5: thirty-seven. Yeah, I'm gonna do it again with the Patriots. I thought it was a good spot for him last week in Pittsburgh off the shutout loss. And uh, you know, same thing with the Raiders off the shutout on Thursday night. But the uh, the Patriots, nothing's wrong with Bill Belichick's defense. New England's allowed an average of 11 points in the past four games. And I actually think Bailey Zappi and Zeke Elliott uh, found something positive on the offensive side in that game in Pittsburgh. That was 10 days ago. You Give Belichick a little extra time to prepare here. And uh, he, what he does, and I want to see, Michael, how the, how the... Patriots defend Travis Kelsey because typically what Belichick does is always take away what you do best So I don't think we're going to see Travis Kelsey wide open in the middle middle of the field like he is every week seemingly and uh, I, I kind of like the way the Patriots match up here because the defense is playing well offense got a spark Now it's, it's not easy as a, in a situational handicapping sense because the Chiefs have lost back-to-back games you got to think they're going to bounce back, right? They're not going to drop three in a row. And the, and the Patriots are 3-10 and 10 against the spread. But I'm going to take my points uh, here with the Patriots and uh, count on Belichick to come through.
4: I agree with you on Kelsey. I don't think he requires double teams. If you watch him, teams aren't doubling him. And when they're in man's situation, they're not doubling him. I mean, his plays come from when Mahomes gets out of that pocket and starts moving mm-hmm. around like yeah. last week and he throws the ball against his, across his body and makes a great play so I'm with you I think look the, the issue is going to be you'll you'll cover this if Bailey Zappi doesn't throw a pick six Yeah, if they don't fumble for a return or if they just continually play in bad field position and they can't move the, you know they can't do that This they can, they'll can they move the ball a little bit they've had moved the ball against everybody a little That the problem is like against the Chargers their starting point was the 14 Yard line. And so when they moved the ball, they outgained the Chargers in the game. They just could, they were playing from too far behind in terms of field position. They fixed that. I think they will cover. Will they win? I don't think so, but I think they'll play a close look. One thing we know about the Chiefs without Pacheco, they're not an explosive team.
3: Mm hmm. Yeah, I feel like was, a lot of people will probably put this into some teaser legs, maybe getting Kansas City down to below a field goal if they want to go ahead and bet it that way as well. Uh, is Monday night a buy low spot on the Philadelphia Eagles? Yeah, you know, I was debating
5: this and uh, I went ahead and played the Eagles at minus three. I think you can you can count on Jalen Hurts and the Eagles to bounce back uh, from this two game losing streak a little bit more than you can count on the Seahawks to bounce back. And they've dropped four in a row. Geno Smith's got the groin injury. He was limited in practice on Friday. And uh, I, I think that's a, a big negative, especially when you're talking about Drew Locke as the backup plan. And uh, hey, do the Eagles have some problems? No question about it. I mean, I've bet against the Eagles the last couple weeks. Uh, but I think here at minus three, you actually are getting a, a buy low number against uh, a team with an uncertain quarterback situation and a team that's dropped four games in a row for a reason.
4: And Matt, are you troubled at all? Why do you think this line is moving so close, so too much to Seattle? Like, that's what bothers me about this. I feel like I'm missing something here.
5: Well, I think the line was moving because there were indications that Geno Smith is going to play. And I, I actually, I think that's why the line was moving yesterday.
3: Well, that Gino looks like yeah. he's all good to go here. Mm-hmm. We'll see. They'll have their final practice coming up today here before the game on Monday. That was flexed from Sunday to Monday. Uh, let's get to your college football plays. we got some bowl games. We have the Myrtle Beach Bowl going on right now. Stormy's on the sideline of that game between Is Georgia Southern right. and Ohio. Yeah, she's on the broadcast for that. Uh, you do have a play, though, in the New Mexico Bowl here between New Mexico State and Fresno State. And it looks like you're uh, you're going uh, money line here with the Lobos. Uh, With the Aggies. Uh, Aggies, excuse me, sorry. New Mexico's the Lobos.
5: Well, they're playing in the Lobos Stadium. So you got that part right. They're (laughs) driving up from Las Cruces to Albuquerque. Supposed to be 30,000 plus fans at the New Mexico Bowl, believe it or not. And New Mexico State's probably going to have about 90% of those fans. Uh, They're really actually fired up to be in this bowl game. Jerry Kill, I'm going to give him a big coaching edge here. And uh, Jeff Tedford for Fresno State has had to step aside he's got health issues he has not coached the team during bowl prep and this is a bulldogs team that really stumbled down the stretch <laughs> lost the final three games to san jose state new mexico and san diego state so fresno's been playing some bad football quarterback mikey Keene had some concussion issues he's going to be cleared to play but the key for me here is uh, the aggies have all the motivation and they have the quarterback back diego pavia uh, who's, who accounted for 32 touchdowns this season? He can run it. He can throw it. He's a, he's a gamer. If you look at him physically, you would say, man, that kid, he can't play, but he can play <laughs> and he can win. This is why New, New Mexico State wanted Auburn as a 25 point underdog. Uh, so I think this team's got it rolling. I don't like the number. There's three and a half out there. I'm not going to lay that. So I did lay the minus 170.
4: Boise State kept their head coach mm-hmm. and UCLA lost you know their, their five-star recruit quarterback more where we don't know. We think he's going to go to Michigan State. We're not sure. Right. But uh, you know now they come in here and you like the under in this game. Did you like Boise and the points at all?
5: I did like Boise and I got a couple small bets on Boise and I got a little buyer's remorse on that and um so we'll see how that works out. But I also played this under the total of 48 because the more I started to read about the Boise quarterback situation, the more concerned I started to get. You're down to your third stringer, C.J. Tiller, a true freshman. His next pass in college is going to be his first. Mm. And uh, Boise does live on the ground. Ashton Genty, George Holani, they got a couple stud running backs. But the UCLA defense is number two in the nation against the run. And I know UCLA's got some opt-outs on the defensive side. Uh, to their first-round prospect, is going to sit out. they got some guys in the secondary out. Defensive coordinator Dan Tonlin left. UCLA for USC. There's a lot of negatives here. Uh, but I think the, on the Boise side, the quarterback situation is going to be a lot to overcome. The better bet's probably under the total, because I think both teams are kind of going to keep this game on the ground. And you can't expect Boise's got some receivers out, too. You're not going to get many explosive plays out of the Broncos. So I do think it's going to be a lower-scoring
3: game. All right. We got a few minutes here for some college hoops. We haven't done college uh-huh. hoops with you so far this season. And uh, we got a couple of blue bloods. Indiana and Kansas playing later on today. Right now, the Hoosiers catching seven, total at 146-and-a-half.
5: Yeah, and I think Indiana's going to be a live home dog here. Probably not going to pull off the win, but this should be one of those down-to-the-wire type of games. And if you watch the Hoosiers, they're not real good when they get away from home or on neutrals, and they were blown out by Auburn a week ago. But they did have a 22-10 lead in that game before I think uh, Mike Woodson kind of screwed it up with his substitution patterns. Kansas does not shoot the ball exceptionally well from three. And Kansas, a pretty good defensive team. I would say not elite. So when the Jayhawks go on the road in a hostile environment like this, if Indiana uh, can get some momentum going, I think the Hoosiers are going to give Kansas all all they can handle today. In the college basketball, you cannot really underestimate how strong some home court advantages are. And Indiana's got one of the best in college basketball. I can't recall the last time I saw Indiana as a seven or eight point home dog in a situation like this. I grabbed eight last night with the Hoosiers.
4: I know you're a Purdue guy, so mm-hmm. soothe Elliott's mind. They got a big game against Arizona today. <laughs> so can you help Elliot out and give him something that he wants to hear?
5: Well, I made the number Arizona one. I've got Arizona power rated the best team in college basketball, but Purdue's right there. Kansas is right there. Uh, there's... There are a lot of teams, there's not much separation you know, from the top seven or eight teams. And Purdue does have that ace up its sleeve, Zach Eadie, seven 7'4", 300 pounds, and he can draw 15 fouls from the opposition, and he probably will today. I think Purdue's going to feed him in the low post. Zona's got size, they've got shooters, a little bit better offensively, uh, but Purdue's got this game in its backyard in Indianapolis, and that's going to make the Boilermakers tough to beat here. So... I told Femi off the air, I hate to say this on V-SIM because it always sounds like a cop-out, but it really is a smarter way to bet a lot of these games. Since I made the number Arizona one, I'm going to see who goes on a run and takes a lead. And, you know, if I like the flow of the game, I'm going to take more points uh, with uh, the underdog because I do think this is going to be the type of game that goes down to the wire. I really don't see an edge in betting it before the game, but I think live
3: betting you're going to find something. Well, we'll be keeping our eyes out there. I'm seeing a two right now on Arizona, so maybe yeah. this continues to push out. Well, two that's two also a, a negative yeah. for Arizona. That means yeah. a lot of people in the betting
5: market uh, like the Cats, and maybe that's not a good sign for the Cats.
3: Do you have a buy point for Purdue? Like, If he if ended up getting to three before tip-off? I'm was, that? to get
5: to three. I mean, you could consider playing Purdue plus two. I don't think that would be a bad bet, yeah.
3: Gotcha. Real quick, Michigan State and Baylor. I know this is a team Sparty. Man.
5: You, you can't quit them. Big disappointment, Sparty, but I think <laughs> at some point, Izzo's going to find that. Uh, he's going to find yeah. something here and get to. This team turned around they're gonna get that big win and it might come today against baylor in detroit so take the three and a half with Izzo. all
3: right that's that great. is matt humans yeah. see him on Vsin tonight awesome. monday through friday nine to midnight eastern uh, that's it for us here on the lombardi line for michael lombardi for our producer elliot bowman the entire crew behind the glass i'm femi abefe saying good luck with the bets jbt and Pam maldonado live bet saturday coming up next here on Vsin V sports betting network